Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's your boy Johnny Clutch discussing the latest sports news and giving hot takes in the sports that I love. Have a few topics I want to go over today, so let's get into it. Over the weekend, a big report came out of Los Angeles that LeBron James' camp wants a coaching change. Uh, apparently, they don't really care for Luke Walton down there in Los Angeles. Now, first thing I want to discuss with this report is that this isn't LeBron. Now, the report says I know that LeBron James' camp is saying they don't want Luke Walton as a coach anymore. But still, it's not really a good look on LeBron. LeBron definitely did not want this report to get out. So he definitely is very unhappy about that. It's a terrible look for him. He's looking like a coach killer. It, there were a lot of reports that he, he was a big reason why David Black got fired in Cleveland. So he already has a history of making this sort of thing happen. And also what I think makes it look worse is that it's in the middle of the season. It would be different, in my opinion, if this was after the season and LeBron just went up to Magic and said, hey, I don't think Luke, Luke Walton's working out. I think we need a change, but it's it's still middle of the season. I think this is just a big distraction to the team. And right now that team just needs to be focused on winning games. They're currently still on the outside looking in the Western Conference playoff picture. And really, I don't think this is all Luke Walton's fault. I mean, coming in, I didn't really think this roster was a huge fit with LeBron. I mean, I think they had the idea with Rondo, get, getting guys like Rondo, Lance, you know, LeBron be able to play off the ball more. I never really saw that as a good fit. I mean, I think Rondo is nice to have off the bench. He's not bad. I just feel that they don't really have all the pieces in place yet for this team to be, you know, amazing with LeBron. They can be good, but it's just still not quite there yet. They still need some a lot more shooters, you know, better experience on the on the roster, all that. And also, they signed a lot of personalities in the offseason. You know, like I said, already Rondo, Stevenson. Michael Beasley, McGee, those are already personalities they already signed. It's tough for a coach to manage all those. And Luke Walton, you know, and the Lakers have also been dealing with a lot of injuries. Of course, LeBron's been out the past month. Uh, You know, Kuzma's been banged up lately. He just missed their last game against Phoenix. Ingram was also banged up a little little early in the season. And, of course, Rondo, who just came back, just is coming off almost a month absence. Also, the team is still relatively young. I'll give him somewhat of a pass, but there's no doubt he hasn't been perfect. I can't really say there's a reason to keep him because his, obviously his first two years, they didn't even come close to the playoffs. And this year, he's shown he can only win consistently with LeBron. It really doesn't take a great coach to win with LeBron. Another one of his faults was, I feel, was taking so long to finally start Zubac. I have no idea why he insisted on starting Tyson Chandler a lot of those games. It's been clear since at least the Warriors game on Christmas that Zubac is by far and away the team's best center. For me to truly evaluate Luke Walton, I'm going to compare him to other young coaches that also have young teams. You look at Dave Yeager in Sacramento, I think he kind of makes Luke Walton look bad in my opinion. Dave Yeager hasn't had the luxury of having LeBron for most of the season like Luke Walton. I know LeBron has missed a month, but still it's a lot of games with LeBron. Dave Yeager doesn't have that type of level player on his team, and he has has a really young team as well, and the Kings are only a game back of the Lakers. And you also look at what Kenny Atkinson's doing with Brooklyn. I feel he's brought his young talent along a lot better than Luke Walton has. And I guess it's arguable to say that Luke Walton has had more to work with than those two guys. Now, am I saying Luke Walton is a terrible coach? Absolutely not. I, I don't think he's terrible. Do I think he's good or great? I don't know. He, so far to me in his Lakers tenure, he's pretty average, you know, mediocre at best. I think it really, 
it's really inevitable that he gets fired. He would have to do something monumentally great. He'll have to go to at least the Western Conference Finals for him to save his job. And I don't even know if that's enough. They go to like the Western Conference Finals, you know, just say they get a top seed and they play the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. If they get swept by the Warriors, I don't know if he keeps his job. I think it would be like 50-50 at that point. But to me, I think they, with the way it is right now, I say they get a lower seed in the Western Conference and they probably get bounced in the first or second round. And that won't be enough for him to stay. Because you really have two main things working against him here. He's not really you know, going good with LeBron here, as you see with these recent reports. If LeBron's camp wants Luke Walton fired, you, LeBron's camp's extension of LeBron. So LeBron doesn't really care for, probably care for Luke Walton. He doesn't see him as a championship-level coach. And also, you have to factor in that Magic Johnson did not hire Luke Walton. When GMs and president of basketball operations get hired in, most of the times they want to hire their own guy. And Magic Johnson hasn't done that yet. The only person in the Lakers organization that truly seems to be in Luke Walton's corner is Jeannie Buss. But I think in the end, she'll leave that decision up to Magic. I think her support of him is enough for him to stay the rest of the season. But I don't see it going farther than that. He he has to really perform at least a Western Conference Finals appearance for him to stay longer than this season. To really sell Magic Johnson on the fact that he truly is the coach for the Lakers in the future. Part of me is rooting for Luke Walton in this case, though, because I kind of hate when a player dictates when a coach gets fired. But we'll see how the rest of this turns out. Next topic I would like to discuss is Kevin Durant's free agency. As many people already know, he'll be the big topic this offseason, the big fish out there in free agency. And I don't think it's really a crazy idea for him to go and sign with the Knicks. Now, bear with me on this. I know it sounds crazy. Why would he go to such a terrible team? You might be just saying, you know, I'm a homer because I'm a Knicks fan. But when you really look at it, it's a real possibility. Now, we all remember when he left OKC and the backlash he got from that. A lot of people said it was a weak move, me included. He went to the team that beat him in the Western Conference Finals, to a team that already won a championship without him. Already had Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Iguodala already in place. The, you know, basically, the team was already set without him and probably could have won more championships without him. I sort of think he can right or wrong by going to a team like the Knicks. About a year ago, he went on his uh, burner accounts, quote-unquote, and he was talking to fans, and he accidentally the one day was on his you know actual account and responded, and... He was caught red-handed. It was kind of funny, but it, it kind of showed you that he's really sensitive to what other people think about him. That he would uh, think about this: a multi-million-dollar athlete actually took time out of his day to make a whole separate Twitter account so he can respond to fans on his behalf under an assumed name. Pretty crazy when you think about it. I, all I know is if I was a multi-million-dollar athlete one of the best players in the world, I wouldn't be spending time on Twitter talking to fans and defending myself. I really wouldn't care what they think. But anyways, it seems that Kevin Durant, to a point, does. Now, just say he does go to the Knicks. There's no one that can say that's a weak move. He'd be going to a team that's been a perennial loser since you know for the past you know two decades almost. A team and a fan base that's just starving for a winner. In my eyes, his warrior rings don't mean that much to me. He obviously has won two. I think he gets a third one at the end of this season. 
He really has nothing more to prove in Golden State. If he was to somehow win a ring or two with the Knicks, that would be worth a lot more than what he's done in Golden State. That would, in a lot of ways, save his legacy. He He talks about wanting to surpass LeBron and be one of the greats and also be up there with Jordan. This could be a way to do that. Now, here's my other part to this. I don't think Durant joins the Knicks after this season. I think that he's going to re-up with Golden State, sign for one more year. You know, he'll he'll most likely get his fourth championship at that time. He'll be over LeBron like he wanted to in rings. It'll be four to three, so he'll guarantee himself that. And he also has one year to look at the Knicks and see what they're doing, see what their rebuilding process is going through. You have Kristaps Porzingis on the shelf right now. I don't think he plays this season. Maybe Durant sits back for a season and sees if the unicorn is still what he what he was before his injury. And just say the Knicks draft Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. Durant can also sit back and see if those guys are the real deal in the NBA. To me, I don't know. I don't see a reason why Durant goes to a already set situation for a championship like he did in Golden State. He's already done that, and he's already proven he can win like that. A move like this makes a lot more sense than staying with Golden State or saying, you know, go to Boston, you know, where it's already a set team. And I don't get all these people saying that he wants to join the Lakers. He said before he wants to surpass LeBron. How is he going to surpass LeBron in rings if he's winning rings with LeBron? How is he going to surpass LeBron's legacy when he's winning on LeBron's team with LeBron? It just doesn't add up. Also, another reason why New York makes sense is obviously the market. Now, I, I'm going to compare Kevin Durant's situation to what LeBron went through when he decided to go to the Lakers. I th- I feel in LeBron's move to L.A., he was thinking about more about his life after basketball. He was thinking about his brand. And obviously, in a market like Los Angeles, your brand's going to expand and become even better. Durant, With Durant, I think New York can be similar for him in that aspect. And I just feel this would be great for the NBA if Durant was to decide to go east. And, and especially to the Knicks. Because you would have an NBA where Boston, the Knicks, Los Angeles, and Philadelphia will all have very good teams. Those are your four biggest markets right there. You you can't sit, there, sit here and tell me that wouldn't be great for the league. And if Durant was to go to the Knicks, it would also shift the power... To where it's just about even between East and West. A lot of people have complained for years that the West is has too many stacked teams and the East is very weak. Now this year we're starting to see a change in the guard slightly I would say. Obviously the Warriors are still the best team and the West is still deeper in the East. But I'm going to say the top two through four teams now reside in the Eastern Conference. And I feel that's Boston, Toronto, and Milwaukee. Put those three teams in whatever order you feel is best. Durant going to the Knicks would fur- further solidify the conferences being equaled out. If Durant was to win a championship with the Knicks, it would be something special. One ring with the Knicks means more than four on the Warriors. And in doing so, I think he would save his legacy. He can win all the championships with the Warriors he wants. He would ne- he will never s- surpass LeBron. He won't even be close to Jordan. Heck, I wouldn't even put him past Larry Bird. So that's my hot take. Durant is going to re-up with the Warriors for one year. He's going to sit back, wait it out. If the Knicks are looking halfway decent, like I think they will, Porzingis is healthy. They have a good first-round pick, hopefully. Williamson or Barrett, that's looking good. 
in their first season of NBA action, maybe in the running for Rookie of the Year. Durant will then sign with the New York Knicks and try to ultimately capture a championship in New York City for those starved fans and that starved franchise that needs and wants a winner so bad. We would truly see what Kevin Durant wants with this next decision. Does he really want to go after his legacy? Does he want to surpass the greats? Or is he content with staying with the Warriors and winning some easier rings? It will be very interesting to see. On the next topic, big news that came out of New Orleans, Anthony Davis has now requested a trade and informed the New Orleans Pelicans that he will not re-sign with the franchise. Anthony Davis's contract is up in 2020. He won't be a free agent this season, but he'll be one after next season. Uh, this move really doesn't surprise me. I figured this was coming. I, especially with the, uh, the Pelicans struggling lately, I didn't think that he would want to sign long term. And at least he's given them a warning, telling them that he's not going to stay there. So at least the Pelicans can get some capital for him. Rumors are already very rampant and where he would possibly go. The teams are trying to line up offers for him. Uh, to me, there are two contenders here, and that's the Lakers and the Celtics. Now, if you're talking about the Pelicans wanting the best deal, I think the Celtics probably would have that for him, especially if they get the four first-round picks that they are capable of getting. It's, it's incredible to think the Celtics, as good as a team they are, they, they've swung trade. Danny Ainge is an absolute wizard at swinging trades. All these trades have got them in this position. They could have whichever pick falls higher between the Sixers and Sacramento Kings. That's top one protected. They'll probably get that one. Memphis Grizzlies pick top eight protected. Uh, I think they get that one. I think it's pretty safe to say. Grizzlies, I think, are good enough not to be in the top eight. I, I think they're pretty close. That one might be the one question mark. Um, obviously, Celtics would still have their own first-round pick. That would be a later one. And if the Clippers make the playoffs, uh, they would get their pick because the Clippers pick is lottery protected. So that's four possible first-round picks, and that could happen where they can get all of them. And I think they're willing to offer all four of those to the Pelicans because, really, the Celtics already have a deep team. Why would they want you know more good players? It would just be a waste of roster spots. They, they would want that you know superstar talent. The thing is, though, the Celtics can't trade for him this season. There's some, some rule the, in the collecting bargaining agreement because um, they traded for Irving, and he, they got him when he was under the designated player rookie extension. And the NBA rules say a player cannot acquire two players via trade who are signed this type of deal. So if the Celtics want Anthony Davis, they would have to hope the Pelicans are patient. And really, the Pelicans should be patient because that's a really good offer that the Celtics can give to them. I believe that the Celtics are interested in trading for Anthony Davis. It's, there have been rumors about that for years. But we've seen Danny Ainge not want to give up all his assets at times. I don't think he would have a problem parting with the first-round picks. The only problem I think he would have is if the Pelicans asked for Jason Tatum in the trade. That might be the only roadblock. As for the Lakers, with their trade package, I think they can offer more in terms of current players. But if I'm the Pelicans, Kyle Kuzma has to be part of the trade. He's the Lakers' most valuable asset right now. And I don't think a trade gets done with the Pelicans unless Kyle Kuzma is involved. You can also throw in maybe Lonzo Ball can be in that trade. Uh, even Zubach. You know, Zubach can be a huge trade chip. Uh, Brandon Ingram. I would need at least three of those guys, maybe four, because I'm not getting as much in terms of draft picks that I'm getting from the Celtics. I understand why the Lakers fans don't want to part with Kuzma. You know, I'm, see I'm seeing all these posts already saying, you know, he's the only untouchable piece for them outside of LeBron. I get that. But you have to trade something good to get something good. 
And with the Celtics having all those draft picks at the disposal, it's probably near impossible for the Lakers to compete with that trade package if Kyle Kuzma isn't involved. In the end, I think uh, the Celtics get Anthony Davis with those four first-round picks. And there's a good chance that Jason Tatum will be on the New Orleans Pelicans next season. I think that would be the big question in, in this trade if the Celtics do end up getting a deal for Anthony Davis, is if Jason Tatum is a part of it. With the Celtics potentially having all those picks at their disposal in the offseason, and the fact that the Celtics can't trade for him now because of the collective bargaining agreement rules, it might be in the Lakers' best interest to get this get this trade talk going before the trade deadline. Maybe you have to hope that the Pelicans panic and they will take Kuzma, Ball, and you know, and Zubac in a first-round pick, you know, like the Pelicans want. Maybe the Pelicans don't really care for those picks that Boston has. Maybe they would rather take the Lakers package with more established good players. You know, you never know what you're getting with draft picks sometimes. And, you know, all those guys can play de- at least decently in the NBA, and they all of them do have potential. They're still pretty young players. But I feel it would be foolish for the Pelicans to panic like that and not try to get into the Celtics and the Lakers into a bidding war in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Anthony Davis situation. The story isn't going anywhere until he gets traded. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. Hit those subscribe buttons on iTunes and tell me what you think in the comments. Tell me whether you agreed or disagreed with anything I said during this show. It's your boy Johnny Clutch. Peace out.